Support for Refined by Fire comes from Top Score. Top Score offers world-class interview preparation and coaching for the fire service. Whether you're looking to land a spot in a recruit academy or get promoted to chief or anything in between, Top Score can help. I can personally attest to the effectiveness of Top Score coaching as I've used it. And the Top Score Top 5 methodology absolutely works. So if you need to tighten up your interview game, go to interview911.com, enter promo code REFIND, that's R-E-F-I-N-E-D, REFIND for 10% off coaching services. Yo. Welcome to episode one of Refined by Fire, a Brothers in Battle production. I'm Steven Tyler. I'm the so-called host of this show. I'm a backseat fireman in Idaho and an instructor with Brothers in Battle. Uh, but the show isn't about me, so let's move on. Uh, my guest for this inaugural episode is the one and the only Gary Lane. Gary is a fireman in Ohio and one of the most interesting dudes I've had the pleasure to meet. Gary runs a training company called Rogue Fire LLC. Uh, he's spoken at and run hot classes at a bunch of conferences like Andy Frederick's Training Days, Art of Firemanship Days, the Firemanship Conference. And he, with some other uh, training dorks out there, are going also to be presenting a search class at FDIC this year. Uh, he's published writing in a bunch of different trade mags, both print and web. And uh, one of the cool things about Gary we got a chance to talk about is his ability and kind of belief in keeping things as uncomplicated and realistic as possible. Uh, we talk about junior guys and how they can make an impact on the job. Uh, we talk about his training company. Uh, we discussed the fire service warrior movement, which is something that he was a part of and kind of what that was all about. Talk about Andy Fredericks and his work and uh, even talk about skateboarding a little bit. Uh, it was a really good talk, at least from my perspective, and I hope you enjoy it. So a couple quick notes, I'm obviously new to this whole podcasting gig. There are definitely some hiccups here and there, uh, mostly with my interview style and my total uh, inability to understand any technical issues. So I'm definitely looking to improve those things. I hope you'll stick with us as I work through it, uh, give some good critical feedback, and hopefully just focus more on the guests and what they have to say than uh, all the things that I'm going to screw up. Um, lastly. Gary is an adult and speaks like an adult, so there is some adult language to be found throughout this episode, so listener discretion advised or whatever. And with that, let's get to my talk with Gary Lane. All right, Gary, thanks for being here, man. Yep. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to start off kind of in left field and... Uh, I was, I was doing some prep this morning to talk to you and you've 
talked about skateboarding a lot. Uh, you professed your love for it. So uh, when I was I was up early prepping for this, I, I watched some some videos, some old school skate guys. You know, uh, I'm not a I don't, I don't really have a, a background in it, but I remember some names like Christian Hasoy and Rodney Mullen and and some dudes like that. So like I'm sitting here watching some old school skate videos, and um, you know I'm 34. I'm not going to take up any new hobbies, but uh, I mean. What do you think like the value of that is that, you know, I've heard you kind of talk about it before. I mean, I have kids that are 10, six and four. So like, why should they take up skateboarding? Uh, well, they shouldn't, unless you've got good health insurance, that would be, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, yeah, dude, um, I just say, you know, skateboarding to me was like, it really, uh, got me in a, a good place. It got me good friends early on. Uh, I think I started maybe like fooling around like fourth or fifth grade and then got real, I I say serious, but you know, really got a love for it. Maybe sixth, seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And then, so what are you probably, you know, 12 or 13 around then, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I, I was real lucky, uh, just cause a group of friends I fell in with, um, they were all about skateboarding you know, like watching the videos, the music, um, uh, but mainly like the skating. It was about the skating versus other, you know, some people get in, uh, it's about the image and then that's about, oh, we got to hook up with chicks and we got to go smoke weed and then you're drinking and then you're in a car crash and, you know, your life's over. And, and we were the other end of that, which was, you know, <clears throat> we, we didn't, I don't really know that really anybody in our group did much other than skate. I mean, like, that's all we did. Uh, when we got our driver's license, we, now we were able to go to parks and it offered freedom. And I don't know how we were so fortunate, but we didn't really get in any trouble. Um, uh, like bad trouble, you know, the, the drunken craziness that people do vandalism and all that bad shit. So we were, I mean, we were running from the cops all the time, but it was, you know, like we'd, we'd be running from the cops and like peeing our pants laughing because, you know, all we were doing was, you know, we we're skating a ledge or some, some stairs or something and like all their cops and like, boom, like everyone's gone, you know, <clears throat> and it would just be hilarious, but we weren't doing anything truly bad. And that was, I mean, I did that from honestly till, well, <laughs> not, I, I, I got hurt. I don't know if anyone, I mean, talk to some people about it. I got hurt in March of this year at, at the end of March, like bad uh, skateboarding. Uh, tore my knee up real bad, had to have surgery, the whole deal. So I got taken out for like, uh, I just came back to work like a month ago. So you know, I was out for that long and I'm still not a hundred percent. But um, anyway, back to kind of your question. This is how it usually goes, dude. Like, yeah, it's yeah, awesome. long, it's long awesome. winded. Uh, what the fuck was the question? I don't even I'm remember. Running. I talked for like 10 minutes. I didn't answer anything. That's <laughs> typical. Um, ask my wife. So dude, no, seriously. So, you know, I don't know about as far as your kids. I, I probably, not, I have two young kids as well. I don't know that I'm good for giving advice at this point, but I would say that for me, skateboarding, I got real lucky because it guided me away when I had a more or less a a path to choose. If I would have gone to the left, I would have probably ended up in jail or dead, which several people in that particular group of friends did at that time. And if I would have went to the right, which is the one I chose, I ended up with, you know, some good friends uh, you know, some of which I'm still friends to this day, you know, 30 years later that, um, 
they're, you know, like I'm a fireman. I've got one guy who's a successful businessman. One guy is a school teacher. Like it, it was, uh, I got lucky. Um, and then of course in that, um, you know, you learn how to be, you know, skateboarding is kind of like a individual thing. And, uh, but at the same time, it's also right. part of a team. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, yeah. so you, you, you're, you get very good at being alone and by yourself. Uh, and then also very good at like, you know, supporting your friends and a team effort and like you're cheering for the other guy to succeed. And it's, and then, you know, there's a little friendly competition where you want to try and one up, uh, one up them. And uh, that was really cool. That sounds familiar. You know? So I, I think that competitive part of it and the, the, the team, uh, the friend making the, the laughs. Oh my God, the laughs, dude. Holy cow. Dude. I mean, I don't know how many times I've, I've in, in, in a group of, of grown men, pissed myself laughing so hard. Uh, <laughs> probably not the way you want to start your thing, but uh, dude, just honest, uh, honest fun, good-hearted fun, um, just laughing just for the sake of laughing, you know, nothing rotten or, or at the expense of other people like know a lot of douchey people are like today but you know right right on man so you know eventually at some point you know you went from a skateboarding teenager to a skateboarding adult and a skateboarding firefighter and i mean i don't know your whole resume uh, if i'm not mistaken you you grew up on the west coast and kind of kind of made your way east with like a couple stops on the way so uh, i don't know can you run me down a little bit just like the path of your firefighting career yeah so it's actually kind of the opposite of that i I grew up in Ohio and then, um, oh, okay. I moved, uh, you know, all my friends, I mean, we were into it, dude, <clears throat> you know, and as soon, like I said, as soon as we got driver's license, dude, it was off to the races cause we didn't have to stay in all in, in um, I'm, I'm from a, the town is, I guess it's a city, 50,000 people, give or take. And, uh, the city of Kent. So it's in Northeast Ohio, Kent state university, you know, you know, I always kind of just joke. It's like more or less if you do a, drew a triangle between Cleveland, Akron and Youngstown, uh, you know, we basically get all their crackheads and none of their fires. Um, so it's, a, it's a cool place. It was a cool place to grow up. Um, uh, you know, cool college town, the normal type of college town. Uh, it's a good place to be a fireman. Actually. Um, we, we don't get that many fires, but it's a good place. But anyway, so I grew up here and, uh, as soon as we got a driver's license, it was, dude, we could go to Cleveland. We could go to Columbus. We could go to Akron. And then, you know, it was spring break or it was summer break. And we got to go to Ocean City, Maryland, or we got to go down to, you know, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, or down to Florida, and we'd be going to these skate parks that we saw in magazines, you know, and it was awesome. And so we'd be gone, you know, just a group of like 16-year-old kids uh, to go skate for 10 days, no parental supervision. Like I said, we were very lucky, the group we had, because we, we mostly stayed out of trouble. Um, and, uh, you know, that that was kind of that. So then we graduated high school, and it was like, you know, boom, like everyone's moving to California and, um, there was a group one grade ahead of me. So they're a little bit older. So they moved out first. And then uh, I came out in the second wave of, uh, you know, Ohio guys moving to Cali and we went, uh, landed in Huntington beach. Uh, at, at one point, a couple of us moved to San Francisco, which was awesome. And then, uh, bounced around a little bit, ended up in Colorado at one point, um, for a number of years. Um, and actually, so that, is where I found uh, firefighting was in Colorado. So kind of crazy, like how you 
bounce around and, and end up where you end up, I guess. Absolutely. So what was it that uh, gave you a connection to firefighting? I mean, how did that start? Uh, well, first off, by pure luck, uh, dude, let, mm -hmm. I mean, let's just be honest. Like there was, I didn't even know what a fireman was. Uh, you know, I probably saw a fireman one time at a, you know, uh, a false alarm or something at our school. You know, I, I, I didn't know what a fireman was, dude. So all I knew was skateboarding, uh, snowboarding, rock climbing, you know, tried to do a little bit of, uh, mountain bike racing and a lot of mountain bike riding type stuff. And then, uh, I was like, I don't know, probably this would have been around 95 or something. Maybe I was like, man, I probably ought to get my shit together and figure out how to make a living, you know, working at a ski resort, uh, I thought was okay. You know, we got a free ski, uh, you know, ski pass. But, uh, so I, I was like talking with somebody one day and I was like, man, what, what do you do to, uh, get on search and rescue? That sounds fucking cool. You know, <clears throat> it's, I'm already on the mountain snowboarding. Uh, you know, I'm already out in the, in the summertime hiking and, and doing all this other stuff. Like, well, if I'm going to get paid minimum wage, why not get paid minimum wage to fucking go be part of a search and rescue team? I mean, it, it goes... <laughs> Dude, it shows you how little I had. I had zero understanding of how the how the world worked. You know, um, yeah, no kidding. So anyway, uh, the one guy was like, he, he was a ski patrol or or something, and he's like, oh, you need to be an EMT. I'm I'm like, what's an EMT? You know, <clears throat> and so he's like, well, it's you know, you got to get trained in like first aid and this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll I'll do I can do that next week. He's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> you got it's like a college class like you gotta pay money you know <laughs> uh, dude i had no idea dude I, you're talking about <clears throat> years of mountain dew and taco bell uh, uh that's what fed my brain at this point so I, I was a little slow to what uh the rest of the planet was doing but uh no man <clears throat> so anyway i uh he, he this guy you know i don't know anything about him at this point that's a long time ago but uh in um 97, more or less to this guy's suggestion from working at a ski shop, uh, he, he more or less prompted me to look into becoming an EMT, which I thought was the way to become, get on a search and rescue team up on the, you know, on the snow hill, man, out in the south of Colorado, Summit County. Um, actually this particular time was in Breckenridge, uh, about an hour and a half outside of Denver. And, uh, so they, he had happened to mention, you know, I don't have any money. He's like, you know, if you go, if you go volunteer for the fire department, they may sometimes pay for you to become an EMT. I'm like, Oh, that's mm -hmm. fucking cool. I'll go, I'll go volunteer for these guys and make them coffee or file their paperwork or, you know, sweep their bathroom up. I didn't know what a fireman did. So I go strolling in there, you know, fucking cut off shorts. I'm probably in a dirty t-shirt, you know, probably hadn't shaved in five days. Um, you know, you can just picture it. I'm sure. Anyway, Absolutely. I'm like, Hey, I want to volunteer, <laughs> you know, and we've had a few of those guys walk into our house. I know how that, I know how yeah, that you looks. know, and you gotta, you laugh at one point. Cause you're like, God, this fucking guy doesn't have a clue. And then, uh, but at the same time, uh, actually I just taught my officer last night on shift. I said, man, thank God somebody gave me a chance. Cause I, I at least had a turning point where I got uh, a dose of reality and, and, and hopefully made a turn for the better. But, but uh, anyway, so I, 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 uh, asked a volunteer and they're like, uh, okay, why don't you come back tomorrow night, meet with uh, chief so-and-so. And, uh, you know, the only interaction I'd have with authority at this point was running from the cops, dude. So 
I I didn't know what that meant. So I come back and I, you know, I probably tried to really dress it up and wear like, you know, some button up shirt I got at uh, the thrift store. So anyway, I show up, they're doing an evening training at a, I think they had a school that was vacant or closed down for the, it was summertime. So it probably just closed down. They had it all smoked up. Fucking lines are stretched. There's guys on the roof there, you know, and he's like, all right, kid, you know, typical old school fireman and, uh, you know, big old mustache, uh, kind of a, a calm, soft-spoken demeanor. He's like, all right, kid, <clears throat> you, uh, you know, typically, literally, he's like, hang on to my coattails. I'm going to take you inside. And, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he takes me in this place is smoked up, you know, not zero visibility, but you know, smoky to a new guy that had no clue. And, uh, we walk around, he's explaining like the radio traffic and you hear guys clanging and banging and fucking coming in. And I got a victim. And you're like, well, I, you know, I was like, what the hell? And, um, you know, so we get done and, and you know, you walk out of the building and I'm just some, you know, goofball kid. I probably weighed 150 pounds at the time. Uh, you know, six foot tall, 150 pounds dressed in thrift store clothes, hanging on to this <laughs> chief. He'd probably been a chief or, or probably been a fireman for over 20 years at that point. You know, we come walking out, there's a fire department standing there and, uh, they'd finishing up a training. I listened to kind of the critique and we finish up and he's like, so what do you think? I'm like, man, that was awesome. And he's like, well, so are you interested? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, so do you want to volunteer? I'm like, to do all this? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah, I am. Yeah. He's like, okay, so you need to do an application. You need to have an interview. And, uh, dude, I mean, it was like a week later. I was a volunteer fireman. Um, wow. And uh, what a what a beginning, dude. So just crazy. So my skateboarding slowly tapered off after that, thankfully. Too bad it didn't taper all the way off because I could have saved myself some a headache this year. But um, that was kind of it, man. That was my big old can opener plunge into the pool. What a story! Wow, that's a that's a good start. I wish mine was uh, was quite that dynamic. Uh, dude, it uh, goes so downhill you went... from there. Don't worry, it goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so you ended up back home in Kent, right? Yeah. And I, so I don't know like a lot about Kent. I know it's a college town, like Northeast Ohio. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys run three crews out of two houses. Is that right? Yeah. So Kent, uh, I'll try and I'll try and give you the short version. So Kent is, it's a career department. Um, we used to have some part-time guys, um, but very, very small place, like 30, I think we have 33 guys. We just got approval. For the first time in 20 years, they're going to up our staffing. So we're going to go from 33 to 36 total. Um, and that's uh, – so we got that many guys. Um, everyone's career uh, paid, IAF, local, 721, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, everyone's a medic. Uh, our department is basically two firehouses. They're probably a half mile apart in – more or less kind of the central part of the city. Uh, our entire district's about 25 square miles. It covers, uh, you know, I kind of joke from the township to the towers. Um, you know, it's like <laughs> we cover a township area, some villages that are like privately contracted with us. Um, we cover uh, Kent State University, which has some high rises, or at least to me, what's a high rise. 
you know, tallest ones are 12 stories, but you know, to me, to me, that seems tall. Um, and then, uh, the city itself, which is, you know, kind of that old type three main street, America, small downtown, they've knocked down some stuff and bulldozed it flat and rebuilt it. But, um, you know, just more or less just your normal little college town, uh, in give or take the rust belt, I guess. So a lot of blue frame houses, but, uh, so we, so how we run is two firehouses. Um, we cross staff everything. Uh, we're all medics. So yeah, we do EMS and yes, we transport. We, we are the, you know, ALS provider and transport for our city. So we're running ambulances. Um, and so with that, we, our minimum staffing is seven guys a day. Uh, so station two has three guys. Station one typically has four, uh, you know, once in a while we work with eight, um, which is nice. But uh, we run about a little, little over 4,000 runs a year. And uh, I, I know that's not super busy, but it seems like it sometimes, um, especially when I think our last couple of fires have gone basically uh, anywhere from two to two to four guys have been gone uh, on EMS calls at a couple of our last fires. And, um, you know, so you're at that point, you got, you know, three to five guys basically covering a city of 50,000 people with high rises and rivers and every other damn thing. And that's it, man. That's our first in, uh, which maybe that's normal. I, I don't know. I, it, it seems okay sometimes cause you get a lot of work when you do go to work. But, uh, yeah, that seems, that seems pretty light. Uh, you guys have to, you got to have it together when you're responding with three to five guys. That's yeah. That's that's not a big compliment to dudes. So uh, you were telling me you guys had a center hall fire recently. Yeah. And you can get in as much detail or as little detail as you want about that. But, um, you know, we talked about it briefly, I think, via email or text or something. And and he, really, you, you kind of bragged on your junior guy. It sounded like he performed at a really high level. Yeah. And I'm really curious, like how's the most inexperienced guy on the scene able to make such a big impact? I mean, with this individual, I mean, is it his academy? Is it just like his intrinsic decision-making ability? Is it a, a leadership thing where he's just been empowered to make these kind of decisions? I mean, uh, run us down kind of that fire a little bit. And then, and then this dude and, you know, what set him up for success to really, to really uh, make that into a good scene? Um, well, one, I wish I could take credit for anything uh, that happened at that fire, but I can't. Um, it, I was on an EMS call, of course, when that fire came in. Um, so we got there probably 15 minutes, maybe after the initial call. Um, and so they had five guys rolling into it first too, cause two of us were on an EMS call and, um, and it, and it sucks, dude. It isn't the case. Cause I was assigned the nozzle that day. And it was our first two, it, it, just the fucking way it goes. Anyway, so, um, you know, they got guys hopping positions and, and trying to figure out who goes where. So it, uh, like anything, always starts out a little chaotic. Right. And they rolled up. It's a seven-story building. Um, and, and, again, I give you a little bit of just play-by-play because we've gone over it. I talked to, to the guys that were first in and, and got the stories from each of them so I can kind of give you the gist of it. Um, all, I, all I personally did was showed up late. And, um, you know, more or less walked around, helped some people in the smoke, get back in their apartments and then, uh, more or less took pictures and then helped clean up hose. So I, I did nothing. 
Um, but the first do guys really had their hands full. They, and a typical man, they showed up, nothing showing. Um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of people talk about that, but they, they had nothing showing. It's a seven story building, um, more or less a, a center main entrance, and then it splits right and left. And, um, either way you go is give or take about 150 feet, <clears throat> uh, elevators in the middle, staircase in the middle, and then a staircase at each end and a standpipe at each end. And calls came in originally as fire on the third floor. Uh, they show up first do engine goes, uh, to, um, uh, the, uh, I guess the A side, the front of the building. And uh, there's a hydrant there, which is nice. Uh, the second do piece, which just happens to be a 75 foot, uh, Quint, they take a lap around the back and see people waving at one end and pointing up. And there's a grade change, so the floor layout gets confusing. You know, what looks like the second or third floor is actually the first or second floor, and you know, you know how it is. So anyway, they they pull up, uh, cruise around, don't see any smoke, no smoke at all visible from either side. And my understanding from the guys is they walked in this like entryway, this atrium area that's kind of open up to the second floor, uh, like a second floor balcony more or less, and then it's closed from there on up. And it was, you know, there was a haze, uh, a haze in that atrium. So they walk in and they, uh, it was it, uh, I, I just say our probie, even though he just got our probation like a month or two ago, but I, I just like to keep calling him our probie, but, uh, more or less the probie and our Lieutenant <clears throat> on that rig and I'm like, oh shit, that smells like something's working. And it, and it just happened that the lieutenant walked over and there's a, a closed door into the common hallway into the first floor, uh, just right next to where the, the center stairs go up. Uh, you know, and this is like multiple calls, say, in third floor, Mul- multiple phone calls to dispatch, um, multiple people saying smoke on the third floor, fire on the third floor. Dude, my understanding is he cracked that door into the center hallway on the first and it just came fucking rolling out. Um, and, uh, you know, he said, you know, Thick smoke, um, you know, some heat, <clears throat> more or less, not zero visibility, but pretty, pretty darn close. And uh, so like, oh, this, you know, doesn't seem like it's on the third floor, you know. <clears throat> so uh, jockey around a little bit of equipment, um, you know, there's a standpipe bundle up. There's a little bit of confusion. They crack the door again. It, uh, Proby's got a hook and a, a high rise bundle dropped. Um, I think at that point the lieutenant was running back out to more or less do a, a face-to-face or the other guys rolling in. And at, at some point they cracked the door again and basically they hear people yelling down the hallway, which is more or less zero viz. And I think, I think the probe, somebody yelled like, you know, come to my voice. And then, you know, somebody else is yelling at the, and screaming at the end of the hallway. So it's like, you know, shit's getting real. I mean, at least in my mind, that's how I, you know, I don't know how you are, Stephen, but I, I like picture like, well, shit, what would I do? You know, if that, if that would have been me, I'd be like, holy shit, like we're, we're going to work, dude. You know, right? Yeah. Absolutely. this ain't no like, oh, everybody's out type of thing. There's fucking 200 people in this joint just in one side, you know, um, at least. And, and so, uh, it, <clears throat> so they, they basically, there's some confusion about the line and because they hear people in the hall, they're like, fuck it. And the Lieutenant was like, let's go. So they mask up and, and shoot down the hall. And, um, 
you know, they're feeling they got the imager and, and they're looking. There, there are some apartments that are unlocked and, and doors, they're opening a door, hollering for people. And, and this uh, wing has 16 apartments uh, on the first floor. There's 16 apartments. And so, eight on each side? What's that? Is that eight on each side? Uh, yeah. Center hall? Yep. Okay. Center hallway, 80, eight on each side. So they're cruising down. Um, at one point, you know, maybe halfway down or something, the lieutenant. You know, there's a guy trying to get out in the hallway and, and they, they start, you know, he's like, dude, come with me. And the guy's giving him a hard time. So I guess they're like, kind of like, you know, having a little, not a fight, but, you know, there's a little battle of the minds taking place in the center of the hallway with next to zero visibility. And, you know, one guy's bunkered out and the other guy's coughing and choking and smoke. So they're having this discussion and the probe keeps going, gets to the end of the hall and basically, you know, the, the fire apartment door he, he goes to open it up and the, and the room's on fire. Um, so he shuts it real quick. And I think he yells back to the Lieutenant who's dealing with this other guy a little ways down in the apartment. And, and then I think it sounded like he broke off to go bring the hose line up. And, uh, so Proby's like, shit, maybe there's an extinguisher and they're just, I mean, what are the chances dude? There just happens to be a dry chem extinguisher on the wall right outside the apartment. Fucking guy. That's so heads up. Yeah. Man. That's so heads up. And it is. Dude, it like brings a tear to my eye. Just even thinking about it. Like, that's cool. Like I, and I honestly, I'll be honest. I don't think I would have thought of that. I mean, I'll be totally honest, dude. I'll just be straight up. I don't think that I personally would have thought to myself, well, maybe there's an extinguisher nearby. And, and the dude did. I give him all the credit in the world. And I told him that, uh, really good guy. So he grabbed the dry chem discharged it in the room. Uh, it sounded like a lot of it just basically blew back cause the fire was kind of coming out. Um, so it didn't do a whole lot, but a little bit of a knockdown and then he closed the door behind him and they went and got the line set. Um, so, uh, you know, from there, you know, typical, you know, we're, we're more or less a pre-connect apartment. So first floor fire, big building, you got a 200 foot cross layoff. Now they're extending off of that hooking up in, uh, smoky conditions and, you know, I don't, I don't think this is the way you, you would, you know, if you could have your, your way to, to plan ahead, this probably isn't the best way to do it, but you know, they controlled the door and, and they got the line set in the hallway and, uh, you know, they were able to come back and get a good knock on it. So, um, you know, it worked out well, but, but kind of a cool little thing, you know, for a small department with sending five guys for that first, I don't know, probably not quite 10 minutes, but you know, they're there for, they're there working for a bit with just five guys. And that's a big, it's a big joint to, to be fooling around in, you know? Um, so guys, guys were hustling, uh, a lot of, you know, really jealous, you know, cause we missed it cause of the EMS call, but, uh, yeah, guys were hustling, man. Give them a lot of credit. Absolutely. I am also jealous. And, and like yourself, I, I don't know, I doubt that I would have thought to look for that dry cam, and that's just really interesting to me that that guy uh, was that heads up with that little time on the job. And so, so good on him for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you had asked about, you know, kind of like his training and stuff. And again, I, yeah. I've been off injured since the end of March and he got hired last fall. So I, you know, I was able to work with him for a couple months, but honestly, it's just more credit to, um, to our shift, the guys that spend time with them. Um, drilling and, and, and training on stuff and, and getting them up to speed on the way we do things. Um, but, but, uh, a lot of credit goes to him. Um, just because he's, you know, he's one of those probies. 
like anybody would be pretty stoked to have him because he's he's uh, pretty reserved. Uh, he listens to what you're saying and then you know follows through on it. Um, he wants to train. He asks to train. Um, and he doesn't, he's not a guy that like, Oh, Hey, we forced, forced the door for five minutes. I'm good, bro. <laughs> you know, he's not one right. of those guys. He's like, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you hear some banging going on out in the bay and, and he, he's like, Hey, do we have any more wood for the door prop? I'm like, Holy shit, dude, you burned through all that wood. Well, yeah, I've been out here for a while. I'm like, why didn't you come get me? He's like, well, I don't want to bother anybody. I'm like, dude this is awesome. You know, so he's, he's just one of those guys that, you know, any department would be uh, pretty stoked to have a guy like him as, as a new guy. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't expect everyone to have a passion for the fire department. You know, you kind of expect everyone to have some semblance of competence at some point, but, uh, you know, passion can be hit or miss as you know. And, um, you know, I think he's got, he's kind of got both. He's got both going on, and as a young guy, whatever he, he had some time in the military. Uh, he doesn't really talk about it a whole lot, but um, you know, he worked on a small fire department before us. Um, he came in with some preconceived notions, which you know, like any good fire department, we totally tried to crush out of him. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, no, but he, but he was great, dude. I mean, honestly, it was like like a straight up like man to man adult type talk, and and you're like, okay, well, we're going to do some hose line work today. You know, he'd been on a couple weeks. We're going to work with the hose line today. And, you know, this is last year in the fall. And uh, we're like, all right, Rob, <clears throat> let's, uh, you know, show us what you got. Show us how you normally work. Uh, you know, you've been a fireman at another small little place for, you know, a year or two or whatever. And, you know, to his credit, he's like, all right, uh, here we go. And he showed us and we're just like, you know, typical, like, oh, God, you slap your head. And you're like looking down at the ground, just shaking your head like, oh, God. Um, but he had the same training that everybody else had, you know, fucking pistol grip, you know, just, just all the normal awfulness of uh, how you could picture a nozzle being worked. So, and it, but it was great, dude. Cause you know, we worked with him and he's just like, man, he's like, I'm, I'm really embarrassed. He's like, I thought I had a good grasp of how to work a nozzle and how to, to move line. And he's just like, I feel like I forget how he said it, but it was like more or less like he's like, I feel like I don't know anything and I'm starting over from day one. And he goes, it's it's pretty humbling. And uh, so that was kind of an interesting start. But, dude, he's 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 good, man. Uh, honestly, he'll uh, I hope he I hope he stays with our department. I hope he stays how he is because he'll just become an awesome uh, asset for our, our place in every manner. Sounds sounds fantastic, and I guess to to anyone listening with with uh, I don't know less than two years, three years on, it sounds like what you're describing is essentially a template for what you want your rookie, your your younger, your young guy, your junior guy to be like. Um, you know, listen, be be willing to learn, be out there in the bay, you know, drilling, um, whether or not anyone else is, so that you know that's that's good actionable advice for for any young guy or or experienced guy to uh you know to make an impact on their company and, oh. and to better themselves oh dude don't get me started on the senior guy the quote unquote senior guy we like any like any place and i've worked on several several departments i i uh sometimes when i do classes i i, I i'm kind of start off you know you always got to do some fucking lame ass intro i've got like 18 certificates and 
I'm a tech this and that. I'm like, oh, whatever, dude. My, my intro goes like this. Uh, you know, I've worked on six different departments in two different states from volunteer to part-time to career. Uh, I've been hired, I've been fired, and I've been firefighter of the year. So I, 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 I mean, it's all true. Like, dude, I've got an idea, uh, more or less of how most places are and, and we're all pretty much the same regardless of size. And I got to tell you, man, some of the, some of the older guys and the, the, the guys that have been on the job, at least get, getting a, pay, getting a paycheck for a while, dude, they, they have just as much to learn, uh, as a guy brand new on probation. And I only wish that some of them were as willing as this particular guy that I was describing, um, because we would be light years ahead uh, uh, in, in some regards. And that's just not, not just my department. I see that at, when, I'm, when we are lucky enough to travel around and train. I see that at a lot of places. Absolutely. Well, uh, we were talking about your junior guy. When I was a junior guy, well, I, I'm still a junior guy. I should say when I was first on the job, when I was first hired, I was introduced to fire service warrior by my training captain and mentor. Um, And it was just a talk in his office where basically he was, he was imploring me to do the kind of things uh, that you're talking about your, your probie doing. This was my first week on the job. And he told me about some dude in Colorado who takes two and a half out on the, on the back apron and hooks it up to a hydrant and just flows two and a half by himself. Awesome. Uh, So, Brian Brush, that was that was who he was talking about. And and he said his name, Brian Brush, like it was a guy that I was supposed to know. So of course <laughs> at lunch that day I, I Google Brian Brush. Fire service version of uh, Chuck Norris. How do you not know him? Uh, <laughs> right. Uh so I made sure I found out who Brian Brush was and and in finding out who Brian Brush was, I, I discovered Fire Service Warrior and uh really had an impact on the beginning of my career. Um the quality of the contributors was amazing and and it did something which which is a requirement for me, which is it, re- it answered the questions of why. So how did you uh, get involved with Fire Service Warrior? And can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Um, I have no idea, dude. I, I, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> been so, I, I seriously, um, my memory shot and I, I never smoked weed, dude. But after we had uh, my wife and I had our two kids, I feel like my memory has just gone downhill. Um, I have no idea. Again, I think I just got like the stars aligned. Um, I, uh, had read a couple of things that, uh, Brian and, um, you know, the guy that kind of started the FSW, the the fire service warrior or FSW, I call, um, more or less started it. Uh, I mean, literally wrote, wrote a book. Um, right. And his name's Chris Brennan. Uh, but I, he had had a, uh, like a blog or web, web page, whatever, private blog. And, uh, I had read some of that stuff and I was like, God, whoever this guy is, if we ever meet, I got to buy him a beer. Um, because he was saying stuff at the time, you know, this is, I don't know what year this would have been. Um, God, I don't even know. Uh, maybe 2008, 2009. I, I have no idea. Um, but he, you know, he was saying stuff back then that that's when this victim survivability profiling crap was got coming out. Uh, you know, and if somebody burned toast in their house, then of course we just write the whole joint off cause nobody could survive some burnt toast. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Chris, uh, Chris and, and then of course Brian came on board, but, uh, you know, Chris was very vocal, uh, about saying, no, no, like that, that's not right. And, uh, you know, just because you believe it doesn't make it any more correct. Um, and Chris, he's, um, he, well, he's been retired out now on a, on a, on a, uh, job related injury, unfortunately. Um, but, um, you know, he spent his career at, at a pretty, uh, you know, I, I guess I can say ghetto. Is that offensive to people? I mean, that's what fucking people call it, the ghetto. But he worked for a ghetto <clears throat> in a ghetto city, uh, and they went to a lot of fires. So, <clears throat> you know, the, the kid cut his teeth on the real deal. Um, and it wasn't just some make-believe fantasy, you know, football role-playing thing on the Internet. Like, it was real. And so um, – I had read some stuff. I don't know. I probably commented like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. You know, one of those types of things when you're young and full of enthusiasm and (laughs) no, no technical knowledge. Um, but anyway, uh, I forget if he reached out to me or maybe brush actually, I I don't, I don't have any idea, man, but I ended up somehow talking to, to one or both of them. And then, uh, it just kind of snowballed from there and, and dude, we got in, with, uh, oh man, we, he, they did a class, um, like this, uh, you know, fire service warrior, um, fundamentals class. And it was like two straight up days. Like, you know, um, obviously, you know what Aaron feels with the nozzle forward thing. Um, it's two days. It's fucking hardcore. You're working, you know, 10 plus hours of either classroom or hands-on, um, you know, once in a while you fucking got to throw a high five to your buddy. Cause it's, it's really a cool class. Um, so, so basically we, the fire service warrior stuff was more or less that only it was a lot of, uh, you know, we do classroom and, and talk about a lot of mindset stuff, how the brain works under stress. And then we would do a workout. Um, and, and, uh, uh, the guys were all into more or less CrossFit type stuff. Uh, I think Chris, Chris is actually a a CrossFit coach. Um, I think Brian and him both competed in the, the open or whatever, just to test themselves. Um, my fat ass couldn't do that. I could barely do pull-ups. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that, that was two days. And, and I think, you know, by the end of the second day, you know, you're finishing up at seven o'clock at night after the second day. And, you know, you've done fucking Murph, you've done. I don't know, three or four other named CrossFit workouts for the people that are into that. You, you'd know, you know, more or less what we're talking about. Um, you've done uh, kind of uh, a stress course of entanglements and maydays and donning and doffing drills. You've thrown ladders. I mean, and then all intermixed with that was, was classroom. And, and Brush taught some of it. Uh, Chris taught quite a bit of it. Uh, you know, again, just an inc- incredible thing. And the guys that went through the first class, um, you know, uh, you know, you don't, you don't like to be like name dropping and shit, but, um, they were, they're such good guys. I still talk to them to this day and, and try and meet up with whenever we can. And, um, man, just what a fucking great, it, it changed the course of my career. 100% that and a couple other things that, that were very timely, um, but that was probably the main thing that changed my my career path. 
Well, I'm, I'm thankful for its existence and I'm thankful for everything you guys did with it because, you know, I definitely feel like it directed my career as well. And I'm, I'm very lucky and fortunate to have found it uh, really at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I had, so you're talking about, uh, 10, you know, dude, I had over 10 years on when I found it. So I, <laughs> it was a slap. It was a slap in the face of my former reality. <laughs> very good. Uh, I remember a story, an article that uh, one of the one of the contributors of Fire Service Warrior wrote, Mark Von Oppen, wow. who has also had a big impact on my career. I remember uh, an article he wrote, uh, and I had to look it up. It took me a while to find it, but it was called "The Main Thing," and it, it details a a story uh, that it involves you and ladder bailouts. And I think I think Mark was talking about hook two, slide four or something like that. Oh, so, yeah. uh, do you remember that story and, and can you run me down on, on how that went? Uh, well, uh, one, I'm, I'm not special. Uh, I'm, I'm not different than anybody. Uh, to be honest, I'm probably slower than most people, uh, learning stuff. Uh, but then once I learn something, it, it really makes sense. Um, and, but one of the things that's never made sense to me was, so you're telling me <clears throat> what we're going to do is we're going to get in a real pickle, okay? You and and me, we're on the fucking line or we're searching or whatever it is we're doing. We're up, we're jammed up on the second floor and we're in a real, we're in a bind, you know, in a bad way. And uh, somebody just so happens to throw a ladder uh, and they just so happen to place it at this perfect angle. You know, I don't, you know, it's a fucking... 46.34 degrees uh you know it's a second floor window dude we got to extend it like 18 rungs to get it to the second floor to make this writ angle and uh anyway so yeah under all this stress and chaos that's unfolding you and i are then going to make it to the window this ladder is going to be perfectly positioned and then i'm going to lean out and i'm going to stick one arm through a rung bring it back around uh and then um uh, with the other arm reach down and grab a rung. And then I'm going to come at you know, like, I was like, Holy shit, dude, this makes zero sense to me. Uh, and of course I practiced it like a good guy doing what he was told. Uh, and then I started getting out in the world and, and trying, excuse me, trying some other stuff. And I was like, well, how about I just fucking fall out the window? And basically the first <laughs> rung uh, you know, my body's going to be kind of leaning one way and the opposite arm is going to be on the other, other end. So of course I understand how like balance works, you know, thank you skateboarding. Um, but like, I'm just going to basically fall out the window, shoot my arm through any open rung. And then as I fall and, and more or less spin, I'm going to bear hug the ladder. Like, doesn't that make, you know, when you, when you think about like fight or flight, um, you know, flinch reaction and, and all these things. I, I'm not some, you know, fucking brain scientist uh, here, man. You know, but, you know, clenching up, like protecting your core is like, you know, thousands of years of evolution perfected. You know, cover your heart, cover your belly, cover your organs. So why not do that as I fall out a window and just like embrace the ladder while I do it? You know what I mean? So anyway... Uh, and Mark's, Mark's a good dude, man. He's squared away. Uh, and, and he's, he's a great guy to talk to. Uh, um, I, I wish we looked closer to, with a lot of these guys, you, you included, uh, 
But uh, so anyway, we're having a conversation. So that's the backstory. So we're having a conversation, and he's like, "Oh no, you know, we teach this survival course, and it's it's reach, uh, whatever it is, dude, reach through two and around four and up a tree and tie a yellow ribbon and <laughs> fucking the rabbit goes through the hole and 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 whatever." And I'm like, "Hey, dude, no offense, but that's bullshit." Um, I go, "No one's gonna. Have you ever listened to a fucking mayday? Have you ever seen a video or a photo?" of people coming out of a second floor that truly bailed out. And, uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, to put you on the spot, but you know, my answer is, well, fuck every single one I've seen, the guys are coming out head first. They're barely sliding. You know, there's 16 guys at the bottom trying to catch them. Uh, and the guys like are halfway down, they're falling off. Uh, fucking helmets are coming off. Their mask is tangled up. There's two other dudes behind them that are jammed up. Like it ain't no time to get fancy and do some reach, reach through and grab around. And, and I understand like, if that's all you've ever trained on, um, then honestly, I, I agree. That's probably what you're, you're going to try and do. Um, but most places are going to train on it once every five years for about five minutes. And they're going to assume they're proficient at it. And, um, of course we, we know that's bullshit. Um, you know, given a calm situation, you, you could figure it out. So anyway, we have this talk with Mark and I'm just like, Hey dude, with all, with all due respect, that's bullshit. Um, and I gave my description and I'm like, you fucking come out the window in a panic, you grab through any rung possible and you fall out and bear hug the mother. And you, and you, and when you flip around, um, from there, you, uh, you either, you know, fall down or slide down or walk down like a gentleman. I don't, I don't care what you do, but you don't get held up in the window where it's bad. And somebody else is right up your ass trying to come out too. Um, you know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of the the conversation. If you could picture that happening in a, a parking lot on the south side of Chicago, <laughs> with the with a guy a guy from California, and it, dude, it was like cold out. We were busting Mark's balls the whole time because he's this California guy, and the whole time he's bitching about how cold it is. And you know, it's like forty. You know, like dude, this ain't cold. You know, <laughs> get out of here with your Birkenstocks. I mean, you know, I I bust his balls. I'm wearing Birkenstocks right now, but don't tell him that. You know. Uh, that's good, man. So that story to me, and don't let me put words in your mouth because I'm, I'm a guy who has a perception of you and that could be, that could be stilted as well. But it, to me, that's like the essence of the Gary Lane doctrine, which is just simplicity in all things. Right. I mean, is that an accurate description of kind of like the way that you look at uh, things? I, I try to, it sometimes goes better than others. <laughs> so uh, like, like I said, dude, I'm a, I'm a slow learner. I'm not a very smart guy. Uh, I'm not a very athletic guy. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty much mediocre at all things. Um, so, uh, to me, the simpler, the better. Uh, sometimes I'm, a, I'm, I can be just as enthralled by, you know, something shiny and new as anybody else. But as the years have gone on, what I've seen is, is that's you, if you can just hold off a little bit and, and let it sink in and look into it a little bit deeper, usually what you realize is the fancy stuff is just kind of – it's crap. Um, the basic stuff, the simple things, uh, they typically work the best. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean it's not – it's kind of hard to sell a class or sell a book or sell a, a, a tool or a technique or whatever when you're basically telling somebody 
you know, it goes against the old, what's the old adage, work smarter, not harder. And, uh, it's like, Hey man, I, uh, I, I want to give credit. I, I don't know the guy. I, mean, I talked to him for like one minute, one time at FDIC, um, Josh, uh, Materi from Seattle. Um, right. I, I don't know the guy, I, you know, I, you know, literally he, he wouldn't recognize me if I held the door open for him at the fucking, you know, Chipotle. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, uh, must've been on Facebook or something. And, and he was like, you know, Hey dude, work, work harder, not smarter. And, and he followed up and he said, we already have enough smart people. And I always, <laughs> I thought, Oh dude, I wish I could give that dude like a high five just for that comment. Cause it was just like, Oh, that's pretty awesome. You know, uh, that makes a lot of sense to, to me as well, at least from where I sit. Yeah. Uh, what else are we overcomplicating in the fire service, Gary? There's been, you know, we've had a few talks about some things and, and I know, so I, I mean, I'm involved with a couple of things with my department and in the region or whatever. And I, I recently said to a friend, uh, about some, some stuff we're doing at, at my department, uh, that I'm constantly checking in with the little Gary Lane on my shoulder, like, like that's my bullshit detector. Like that's the, the voice for simplicity. Um, you know, so what else, what else should we be making more simple? Uh, man, I don't know. I'll tell you, man, I think, I mean, we have a technical job. I mean, um, you know, there's, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Um, because of, well, it's on my bookshelf all the time, but, but I was just looking at it again this week because I, I knew we were going to chat a little bit. Um, it's called the, the book of five rings. Uh, it's, uh, this, this, uh, you know, famous, this goes back hundreds of years, obviously, but this famous Japanese swordsman, uh, Miyamoto Musashi. Uh, and so this is like one of the translations from Japanese to English, um, uh, but basically the guy breaks it down and, you know, you want to be this, this perfect swordsman and, and slay fucking bodies, dude, you know, like undefeated in, in 50 some years, the guy lived to be like 60 something. And his first fight was when he was like 13 or something, you know, but, um, you know, you want to be this undefeated swordsman, this, this perfect, you know, warrior. Um, and then, uh, it, it's not just like, Oh, me take rock crush skull. Like it's not that easy. And so you break down everything about the rock and everything about the skull. So at the end you, you get really technical only to bring it back full circle. And you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to crush your skull with a rock. And it seems simple, but that's because I've done so much work for literally, you know, hundreds of hours or thousands of hours or a decade or multiple decades that I can take maybe potentially something that is technical and make it, make it very simple. So there is uh, you know, there is a little bit of um, uh, what do you call that? You know, a yin and yang. I, I don't know what they call it, man. Okay. Um, you know, of the, of the simplicity side and the technical side, I think you need both. But when you rely on the technical to make our job like you, you think, I think you're fooling yourself if you think that some of the technical stuff and a lot of it being, you know, computers and, and, uh, you know, some of the fancy equipment is going to make something simpler. Like, oh, we're going to redesign the fucking sledgehammer. You're like, dude, are you serious? 
how about you do some more push-ups and, and, and maybe do some more deadlifts and, and lift some weight? That sledgehammer works just fine. Maybe it's you that just suck. Um, and I think, unfortunately, we um, – not everybody. Uh, and you you actually checked me a while back um, on, on making uh, a generalization about people, which was good because I needed it. Um, but it's not everybody, but there is a culture of people, and, and I think it ranges all ages. Uh, and honestly, I think it's just human nature. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we want to look for a quick fix, um, and, and, uh, something that's not, not difficult, not hard. I don't have to sweat and fucking tear the crotch out of my pants and, and, and skin my knee. And at the end of the day, sometimes, man, Hey, depending on you, on your, the game you play and your career choice or what you're into, Hey man, there's no way to avoid the skin knee. There's no way to avoid um, breaking out in a sweat because that's what it demands. And I think we, you know, maybe in the fire service, we've just kind of gotten to a point where people need reminded, like, dude, the job is really nasty. Um, like it's, it's, it's really nasty. Um, uh, when, when you truly go to work, um, and good. I mean, it, it obviously is good. It's, we're very fortunate that we don't go to severe fires because, that means people are losing their stuff and, and potentially getting hurt and killed. And, and you don't want that. But when it breaks out, I, I definitely want to be the guy first in. Um, but with that, you know, you got to have stuff that's simple. Um, you have to be willing to muscle the line and do some things that are down and dirty. And some of that technical stuff is immediately thrown out the window when the real situation presents itself. Um, ladder, ladder angles and, oh, I'm going to get fancy with the fucking Hal again. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get all crazy and take this hose line and make loops and shit. And I'm going to take a bite over here and a fucking hump this way. And you're like, dude, come on, man. There's very few things uh, when it, when shit really goes down um, where that stuff works. And, and you end up do you know, like everyone says, you fall back on the basics and, um, the simpler, the better, uh, the simpler, the plan you have, the better. Um, and, and then you work it out from there. You know, the technical stuff, I, I don't know, man, I just, I get into it. I try it. I'll, I'll try and work through something. And at the end of the day, it's like every time, um, I end up going back to the simpler method. I like it. Thanks for running us down on that. Uh, so a couple years ago, I think, if my memory serves, I recall uh, the Book of Andy coming out. And, you know, you're obviously not a guy that's kind of shutting it down when you're off duty. You're not showing up to work and coming home and, and shutting it down. Uh, I've read a lot of the stuff you've read. And then obviously you, you, you bit off a big task here. And essentially, if I understand it right, you just on a personal level decided to take on this big task of like consolidating all of Andy Frederick's written material. Um, we've talked about it a little bit. I know it was a, a long and arduous process for you. Um, so can you describe that a little bit for me, but, but even more importantly than the actual process, like, can you just like, why the hell would you put yourself through that? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, uh, I actually, I started doing it and I was like, well, this sucks. And I stopped. Um, uh, I, I totally gave up, you know, I, I had done a couple for myself and I was like, Oh, this would be really cool. Um, I'm not real good, you know, tech, 
tech wise, I, I got, you know, the smartphone and the computer and the iPad and all that shit, but I barely know how it works. Um, and one thing I, I don't really like reading stuff on the internet. I like reading a book, you know, uh, putting my hands, I like flipping the pages and, you know, you can get a, get real crazy, even like the way it feels and how it smells. And I, you know, I don't want to get all turn into a fucking hippie here on you, but I mean, there is something to reading a, a book, you know, holding, holding the physical book in your hand. So anyway, I, I got into the Andy Frederick stuff. I give uh, brush a lot of credit for introducing me. Um, even if he doesn't know it, he, he did. Um, but, uh, I don't want to give him too much credit cause I don't want him to get a big head about it. You know? <laughs> but, but he did in, in certain ways, he did introduce me to it. And then at one point I was like, well, I need to print a couple of these articles off and, and refer to them from time to time. So I'll put them in a, print a couple off and put them in a three ring binder. And, and then, uh, one day I was like, boy, wouldn't that be cool to have all of them in the three ring binder? And I was like, well, how many could he possibly have? Not that many, you know, five or six or something. Uh, well, I was wrong on, wrong about that. Um, so I ended up, I don't want to say journey, you know, but dude, I took this trip down memory lane that goes, you know, for Andy Fredericks, dude, it, it's, it goes back to, um, you know, 95 and 96 when he was basically breaking out with his writings. Um, and then, uh, you know, with fire engineering, obviously articles, um, as well as if guys don't know it, fire nuggets, which was, uh, you know, one of the very first like fireman websites, um, with stuff being written. And, uh, so Andy had stuff on both of those. So I went back through and, and basically was trying to find stuff. And, you know, I, I barely knew how to like do a, a copy paste to just like so a print something for myself. I mean, that's how awful I was with computers. Um, and so anyway, I, I, I had a couple and I was like, this, this sucks, you know, God help anybody that tries to get something from fire engineering because the shit, it's like you, you'd think that they'd pay like somebody to edit this stuff online, but like, you know, you're going back through and inch and three quarter is one, three, four, not, you know, one space, three slash four, you know? So you're like, dude, it's just, just dumb. And so I got frustrated and just more or less gave up. But then, uh, you know, a while back, you know, six months later or something, I, I went back at it and, and, um, I actually, I reached out on, on uh, social media or I, I guess Facebook, but, um, uh, like, Hey, I'm just, you know, basically looking for any articles. I was like, can anyone, anyone point me into the right direction? Like where can I get a list basically of the, the articles, like just even the titles, like I didn't even know how to look at, look up this. Stuff. So I, I reached out and, and messaged people and, and emailed some people and just basically put it on Facebook. And, um, and only one person got back to me, uh, honestly. And uh, you know who that was, Stephen? I do, but I'll let you uh, spill the oh, beans. Okay, okay. Do we talk? I, I don't know if we talk about. So that's Corp Randy, dude. Uh, uh, Ted Corp Randy retired, uh, battalion chief out of San Francisco. Obviously, you guys are very fortunate. Totally jealous, dude, um, because he is now in your neck of the woods, retired in Idaho, man, and. Uh, so believe it or not, you know, Chief Corporani was the only one that got back to me. Um, I had met him one time uh, for about five seconds. And our conversation was, uh, you know, I think it was Brush. And he's like, this is Chief. This is Ted Corporani. I'm like, hey, Chief, nice to meet you. That was it. So, <clears throat> you know, fast forward a couple of years later, hey, you know, again, he doesn't know who I am at the time. And 
uh, he reached out to me and, and, and we, we chatted on the phone and had a couple of laughs and, um, he, he was very kind and, and, and he, he, he tried to steer me in the right direction. Um, but it really lit a fire to just know like, wow, here's this like storied fireman with such a history and, and a, a really colorful, colorful personality as well, I think. Um, but he reached out to me and I'm a nobody. Uh, and so from there, it just, it just took off. And I was like, well, fuck this dude. I was like full steam ahead. Uh, I'm going to get this thing done. If, if nothing else, I'm going to make one copy and send it to Corporate Randy. Um, well, two copies, you know, one for myself, but <laughs> you know, I'm going to do the work. I at least need something. But, uh, anyway, so that's where it came from, man. And, um, I did, I did send uh Corporate Randy the first copy, uh, uh, when I got finished. So. Well, it's a fantastic resource. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for putting yourself through that. Uh, and, and from all of us, you know, that's, it's a fantastic resource for us to be able to, uh, to reference. And I do constantly. So, uh, thanks for putting that together. Uh, we will link to the show notes and how to get that. Uh, but if you could just quickly run down for the listener, like where, where, to where to find the book of Andy. Um, well, I think the easiest place is, uh, right on fields, um, on the nozzle forward site. Um, it's listed on there. It's free. Um, I've, my, my wife hates it because I, I, I spend my own money on the, on the thing to make it up and try and give out copies here and there when I can afford it. But, you know, if you just have some ink in the printer and some paper, uh, you can download it for free, uh, digitally. Uh, if you want to print it out, you know, you can print it out, um, but right off the, right off the website, uh, Nasa Ford's website. Got all yeah. Like I said, we'll have a link for that, but, yeah. uh, everyone can and should definitely, uh, find that and print that off for themselves. Cause it's, uh, more, more than worth the time and effort to do so. Yeah, I agree, man. It's a, a huge resource. And I think, um, I, 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 every time I look at any of the stuff you wrote, it blows me away. You know, you're reading something from 1998, and you're like, dude, that's like, like that's almost 20 years ago. And, and, and the stuff is, is relevant. It's very accurate. It's still pertinent and it's amazing. And you're just like, well, everything's cyclical, man. It comes full circle. And, uh, it's just amazing. It's an amazing resource. It is. Uh, so Gary, you run a training outfit called rogue fire. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's got this great logo. Like I love the Rogue Fire logo. To me, it, it's like the personification of you. It's just simple and aggressive, right? Yeah. Uh, so I've got a lot of questions about that, but basically it's it's the it's as good a time as any just to ask the question why like why run a training company why write articles why take classes and teach classes 100 miles over your house like why give a sh why care this much like it's not we don't have to do this we have to you know we get hired we take an oath we have to show up to work and do our best uh, but yet for a lot of individuals out there there's this drive to do more. So 
What's that drive for you? Why do all this extra stuff, Gary? Well, I couldn't cut it as a pro skateboarder, so that's uh, that's the first <laughs> one that comes to mind. Um, yeah, those days are gone, dude. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I think it's more. Uh, actually, I, I will say it, it. I get that that skateboard, um, you know, old school punk rock, like f the man, f the system. I'm going to do what I want. Um, you know, in, in the course of firefighting, you hope that that steers you in the right direction and not right to the lazy boy recliner. Um, and in, in my case, I think like a lot of guys, I had a lot of frustration early on. I had been misled to believe that IFSTA and NFPA and all this crap was the way to go. And if you could memorize that, uh, you know, Douglas fir was this part of a wooden ladder and, and white ash made up the rungs and you could, you know, throw that back in someone's face and prove that they were an idiot. You're like, dude, uh, well, one, uh, we don't have wooden ladders. Uh, and two, you're an asshole. Um, because that doesn't make a difference unless you're actually building a ladder or taking some stupid ifs to test. Um, but I, I bought into that hook, line and sinker as a young fireman, uh, really didn't have, had a couple guys that, that were decent, um, I, I should say mentors, um, that, that at least tried to, I, I was a little hard headed. Um, but I, like anybody took like kind of a rough path to get to where I'm at. And that, uh, mentality was already set from skateboarding, which was, you know, Hey man, you're not going to tell me how to get on this handrail. Like I'm going to do it my way. And I really don't care what you have to say about it. I don't, I'm going you know, we're going to go to this ramp. I'm going to go hit this ledge and I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to get creative and you don't like it. Fuck off. Um, you know, uh, ho- hopefully there's not a profanity limit on the podcast. Here. You're set, dude. We're, we're far away from our quota. Okay, good. That's good. Uh, there'd probably be an alarm that goes off or a, a beeper. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I had that spirit, I guess, from the get go. Um, and, uh, you know, when I, I was able to Following with the fire service warrior stuff and very, very fortunate, um, that spiked my interest. Um, it, it recorrected my course. Um, it put me in with a really good group of guys, some, some young guys and some older guys, um, and pretty much took off from there. But with that, what held true was, you know, man, the system is jacked. Um, and if you're waiting around for somebody to come hold your hand and teach you how to force a door, um, and there, there are places that, that have that culture. There's some hardcore departments that are, um, pushing good engine work that are pushing good truck work that have decades worth of, of good dudes doing good stuff. Um, I did not have that. I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that one awesome mentor that was like, all right, man, this is how we do nozzle work. This is why we search. This is how we move our body. I didn't have any of that. I had a couple guys that tried, but they had also, they, they were really good guys, but they had also kind of come up in that system of that, that IFSTA, you know, system. And, uh, they, they were at the top end of their game, but there was still something missing. And it was, it was kind of, you know, more or less bucking the system, um, and, and relearning some of these things and more or less the reason why. And when that wasn't made readily available to me, I kind of just started seeking it out myself. And when I couldn't find it, I just started creating it. Um, I, I don't mean to, 
I don't, I don't mean that like in an arrogant way, dude. Trust me, I'm, <laughs> I, dude, I, I stumble into more shit by accident than than by any uh, specific methodology. Um, but uh, you know, with that, there's a lot of pushback from guys like, oh, why are you doing this? Uh, why can't you just relax? You're never going to make it to retirement. You're too high strong. You're too uptight. And you're like, dude. Hey man, believe me, all I want to do is fucking kick back with the homies and 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 have a a bite uh, a, a a bite and a beer, you know, a cup of coffee and my feet up, dude. Trust me. Uh, but since the skateboarding didn't go, you know, really blossom for me too much, uh, I got to make the most of this career that actually pays me uh, and provides for my family. And what I realized was, man, hey man, people aren't looking out for you. Like, yo, oh yeah, bro. Yeah, bro, we'll be out, man. We'll we'll help you, man. Right after you clean the shitter by yourself and do the dishes by yourself and take the trash out by yourself. And right after we quiz you in a real condescending way on the fucking, you know, it's 1.21 gigawatts for the generator to fire up this like luminescent uh, light bulb. And and how many, dude, are you kidding me? Man, come on. That ain't, that ain't no uh, brotherhood. That ain't no training. That's no way to bring up a guy. That's bullshit. Um, and way too many people buy into that. So I was like, well, fuck that. Um, we'll just go out and start doing shit until somebody tells me I can't. Uh, and then sometimes even after that, we did it. Uh, and, and a lot of times I had to do it by myself. I had a few good guys, um, you know, that kind of would sneak around with me from time to time. Um, uh, one guy, you know, just going back a couple of years, but uh, young young guy he was on probation, and I was they were crazy to assign me as his mentor, but it happened. And um, dude, we, we'd be out sneaking around all the time, fucking late at night. We're like, hey, let's go in this building on the way back from an EMS call, and we're fucking sneaking around an apartment building, measuring shit, and and checking out staircases and talking about doors. And you know, there's a vacant building. The, the, the chief at the time was like, "You guys can't go in that building." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, man! Watch this." You go slide in there and talk to the contractor. You're like, Hey man, you mind if we get in here to train? He's like, nah, dude, I'm knocking this building down. This other building's all yours. <laughs> you know, like it was, and, and it was awesome because as a fireman, I felt like I was back skateboarding, you know, like at any moment I could be running from the cops, except I'd be doing it in all navy <laughs> blue with the Maltese cross on my chest. So dude, it was awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, there's so many things like that. That'd be like three hours of me chatting to tell you all these stories. But, uh, um, that's just where that attitude stemmed from. And, and, and I, I wanted to train more and, and, um, was seemed like everybody's starting up at some training company, but, you know, so I did and, and, it, um, started one, it didn't work out real well, uh, started rogue and it's gone pretty decent. We've got a, a good group of guys now that are on the same page. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we're not fancy. We don't do, uh, you know, a lot of advertising or anything like that, but we just get out when we can. And if people are nice enough to have us, we, we try and make the most of it, you know? Well, that's awesome. And I know you guys are doing good stuff with uh, the DIY engine. Uh, I know you're doing good stuff there in yeah. your, in your area. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, super excited to get to Portland, man. I'm so jacked to get to to learn from you guys there and like somehow weasel my way onto the the quote unquote cadre. But it's gonna be awesome. Know, as much as anything, I'm I'm there to learn from you guys. Um, 
Well, very good. Uh, you know, we've been we've been chatting for a while. Uh, I definitely want to respect your time and not not keep you too long. So I'm, I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. Um, the summer issue of the Art of Firemanship Journal. Uh, the Art of Firemanship Journal is put out by some dudes in Harrisburg, uh, the same guys that run the Art of Firemanship Days training conference out there. Yeah. Uh, these are fantastic guys. I got the chance to meet them in Vegas last year at the best damn training conference ever to be held in a vacant hotel and casino on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, and they were studs and it was so cool to meet them. And and um, I love this piece that they're putting out. It It's awesome. Like I said, man, I'm all about the why. And I feel like we get a lot of how and what in, in the fire service with our publications. But but this this answers a lot of the why. And not to mention, it's just, it's beautiful. You know, you were, you didn't want to be a hippie earlier, but I'll be a hippie. This thing feels, you know, you got to, you got to buy the actual magazine. You got to get it sent to your house. The images are amazing. You know, uh, Lieutenant or Captain Bastianelli makes just the, takes these fantastic photos. The format's awesome. And there's not an advertisement to be found. So everyone needs to be reading the Art of Firemanship Journal. Uh, you've got a, you've got an article in the the winter edition excuse me summer edition volume two um about the the 360 size up ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> yeah and it's really good you know it, it focuses on that internal size up uh which is obviously something that that i'm kind of you know keen on as well working with with brian olson and that that life fire layout that we teach with with brothers in battle uh, I really love the way you you concluded your article with the, this piece by the fire chief from FDNY uh, back in the day. So I'm going to read it, yeah. and I hope it doesn't sound stupid. Uh, it won't. You're good. And, you know, I don't know if it was meant to be a poem, but it sure as hell reads like a poem. So uh, we are engaged in the service of humanity. We are engaged in a work that never ends. No armistice breaks the stress. No diplomatic treaty breaks the strain. Firemen are ceaselessly engaged in combating the destructive energies of nature. Often, only a brick or a nail separates them from eternity. They do not whine, sir. They are willing to take a chance to seal their work with their lives should the occasion demand it. And that was written by Fire Chief John Kenlin, FDNY, 1887 to 1931. So... Uh, Gary, to wrap this up, to land this plane, uh, you know, what's this mean to you? What is, what is that piece by that fire chief mean to you? Uh, I, I just, I mean, anytime I read something like that, um, even just listening to you read it, it's like, you get a little goosebumps, man. But, uh, dude, it, again, it just smacks you in the face. Like, oh yeah, like shit's real. Um, I, I didn't come here to, to, uh, make it to retirement. Like that would be awesome. Like it, it would really be great to make it to retirement. I didn't come here to get rich and go on vacation. That would be awesome if I could do that, but, but that's not why I'm here. Um, you know, I came here to, you know, you know, basically just like crush it. Um, and, and, and by that, I mean like service, um, you know, selfishly, obviously, at least for me, I guess, selfishly, I really enjoy like the dirty work of it. I really enjoy the training of it. Um, so that makes it much easier. Um, but man, it feels really good to, to put in some work with some good guys, um, basically to help 
somebody out, uh, you know, and um, during a, a fire is really good because it's obviously what we're all hoping that we're first in on. Um, but there's so many ways to do that. And sometimes you need reminded and you read a little uh, uh, section out of a book or, or a quote or a saying or something. And, and, you know, this thing's going back over a hundred years uh, of this guy saying this, and it just speaks to like why we're here and, and why we should remember why we're here. And it's like, I mean, we're here to do work uh, for, for the greater good. Um, and, and uh to take a risk, you know, potentially everything, uh, in, in doing so. So I just love it, man. Love it. Uh, I love it too. And, uh, I really thank you for, for writing that. I thank you for doing everything you've done uh, because it's making all of us better. Yeah. And, uh, thanks for being with me here today, man. Uh, it means a lot that you are here to, to kind of help launch this podcast. I hope it's going to provide some value to, to the firefighters out there. And, um, yeah, me that, too. you know, the, 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 this, this is dirty work. It can be, um, but it's a, it's a social contract between us and, and those people we serve and, and they deserve our best. And, uh, you're helping making us all better. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, one, I appreciate it. I, I think you're probably half crazy for uh, having me on to do this, but uh, I, I do appreciate it. I think we're all, uh, I think we're all kind of in it together. I mean, I, I could list out, you know, 20 or 30 guys that are probably more deserving of people's attention um, than I am because they've all helped me, you know. Uh, but I think any chance we can get to talk um, and share stuff, uh, openly, I think it's good, uh, cause it's going to help somebody. Like you said, you know, you learn, you had the guy show you, uh, the FSW stuff early on in your career. Uh, I, I was introduced to it later in my career, but at the, you know, at the end of the day, someone shared that with us. Someone, somebody took a chance and shared that with you and I, and, and it's, it's just awesome, man. Cause it's made all the difference for me. Um, you know, and you, seem like you're off to a hell of a good start, dude. So. Well, I'm like, I mean, you know, you've been very humble in, in describing yourself as mediocre and, and, you know, of marginal intelligence. I, I know that's not true. Uh, but you know, I definitely feel that way that, uh, I am not the best at anything. Um, but hopefully I can become good at least at everything. And, and that's a, a long, a long road. Yeah. Um, so thanks again for, for doing this. And it, I think this is part of that road. Um, like I said, we'll get links to, to rogue fire book of Andy art of firemanship journal and anything else that we talked about today. We'll get links in the show notes and, uh, thanks again for doing this, Gary. Yeah, man. Um, of course, anytime. Support for refined by fire comes from top score. Top Score offers world-class interview preparation and coaching for the fire service. Whether you're looking to land a spot in a recruit academy or get promoted to chief or anything in between, Top Score can help. I can personally attest to the effectiveness of Top Score coaching as I've used it. The Top Score Top 5 methodology absolutely works. So, if you need to tighten up your interview game, 
go to interview911.com, enter promo code REFIND, that's R-E-F-I-N-E-D, REFIND for 10% off coaching services. This is the living history of America's fire service. This is Refund.